It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The injury reports are in. The practices are done. Green Bay is set to fly out to the Bay Area. Not San Francisco. It's Santa Clara. But they are set to make their third trip back to California. And the narrative all week has been that the Packers need everything to go right to win this game. The narrative is that they have essentially no chance. If you were to listen to the talking head shows and the radio shows, and you were to read the analysis, a lot of it online, you would think that the Packers shouldn't even bother to get on the plane. Shouldn't even bother to show up because they just have no chance. Except here's the problem. The Packers and that week 12 matchup is being relied on way too heavily to try and predict what's going to happen in the game on Sunday. Way too much. Because if you go back and watch, and I I did it way more than any person rightfully should, and I tried to get a feel for just what happened, something that Aaron Rodgers has said a number of times this week. The Packers lost in Week 12, not because the plan was terrible. In fact, he thought the plan was fine. They didn't execute it. They didn't execute it. And that was the difference for this team. If they execute on Sunday, not only can they win, if they play their best game, they it's not that they should win, that's probably overstating it, but they, they absolutely can win. They believe, by the way, that they can win, that they believe if they go out and they execute and they play their best game, that they can win. And I was looking at some of the numbers here, and and we went through, over the course of the week, we spent a lot of time talking about the the role on offense, the, the role on defense, the path forward to getting a victory, right? We talked about all of those things. And I think I made a compelling case for Green Bay's advantages, and I know that there's a lot that's been said and written about this team and how the San Francisco is a more complete team and they're a deeper team, and all that is true. All that is true. 
it doesn't mean that Green Bay can't win. And so I, I went through, and I, I do this every week. I do an index of these point-based models, FPI. I use the betting model indexes. I use places like the Power Rank and Sagarin and 538. And I put together what I think is a composite of what the numbers are telling us these teams are based on points. So it's we're, we're comparing it to what the, the Las Vegas line setters are saying about this team. And 538 has this game, even with the home field advantage, 49ers minus four. And the point-based model index that I put together has this game as a three and a half point game for the 49ers on a neutral field. You add the two and a half, two and a half, which is what home field is really worth, that's six. That's a point and a half difference from what Vegas says. And by the way, it's not this massive gap between these two teams. And the example that I've used is 2014. Green Bay goes to Seattle early in the season and they get waxed. If you remember that game, Green Bay did not look like they were anywhere near as good as that Seahawks team. Lose by 20, 36-16. They couldn't block Seattle's front. They couldn't cover any of Seattle's playmakers. Percy Harvin, Marshawn Lynch couldn't tackle them, couldn't corral Russell Wilson, couldn't do any of it. And yet, they go to the NFC Championship game and outplay that team for 55 minutes. Now, we know how that game ended. It took a historic amount of blunders, of mistakes, of, of conservative play calling, and ultimately a couple lucky bounces, including a trick play, to go right for Seattle for them to win that game. So the, the idea that Green Bay, because they got blown out in Week 12, can't go to San Francisco and, and win is just flat wrong. In fact, Field Yates had this stat. Of the teams in the playoffs who've won at least 13 games and were more than seven-point underdogs in the playoffs, the last three times, those teams are 3-0. and Green Bay would make 4-0. and under the exact same circumstances that we are now talking about. A 13-win team going on the road to play a team that everyone says is better than them. Everyone says is the best team. Those teams are 3-0. Now, that's a small sample size. But it's also a reminder that these games are about matchups. And over the course of the week, I have laid out the places in which I believe Green Bay has a matchup advantage. And, and they are, they are they're more, my mom was teasing me about how often I say myriad, but they are more myriad <laughs> than has been said. There are more of them than the, the consensus is telling us. And that, that part is important. Now, what is the path then? How do the Packers do this? What do they have to do in order to win? Well, number one, no big plays. Okay, no big plays. The two plays of 40-plus yards in that first game, that's 14 points. You take those away, obviously that's not how it works, but you take those away and you take the turnovers away. That's 21 points. 21 points in a game the Packers lost by 29. So that, that changes everything for how the game script goes, and Green Bay had plays to make in that game. They have a pass rush that got home against Jimmy G. They dominated the line of scrimmage early in that game defensively, but just couldn't sustain it because Green Bay's offense couldn't stay on the field. 
They couldn't convert third downs. They couldn't, even on third and manageables, they couldn't get into third downs and convert. And in the second half, Green Bay found some things that worked against the 49ers. I think they come out and they play a little bit more no huddle. I think that's certainly the antidote to if Richard Sherman is going to follow Devontae Adams around, which I don't think he's going to do very much, but I do think on some third downs they will do that and they'll match with Adams. But this is a game where Green Bay, don't turn it over, don't give up big plays. That's the path because everything else they do falls in line with ways that they have advantages. They don't have to do anything special to rush the passer. They're just really good at it. They don't have to do anything special to protect Aaron Rodgers. They're just good at it. They don't need to do anything special to run the ball. They're just good at it. And if the offensive line does its job, if the quarterback does his job, if the receivers do their job, they are good enough, they are talented enough to make the plays that they have to make to win this game. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. I'm going to get to some of your questions before we finish up here. Um, and I'm going to get to some that have already been sent in, but but feel free to hit me in the Periscope chat, and we will make sure that we get to some of those as well. The first one here I got on Twitter from Lucas Praber. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? Lucas in Wisconsin Rapids. A thought crossed my mind about the offensive game plan. Wouldn't it make sense for the Packers to go back to what they did against Kansas City earlier this season, specifically getting Aaron Jones heavily involved in the passing game? They're getting away from it more and more lately. I wonder if that's on purpose on LaFleur's part. Go away from it to come back from it and catch the Niners' defense off guard a little bit. Love the show. LLP is my go-to for Packers news. Go Pack. 
I don't know that it's part of a specific plan. I don't think Matt LaFleur is in, in the game plan meetings going, let's not run it so that we can run it later. I think it's, it's very much game plan specific. The 49ers are a very fast defense and they react very quickly. And I don't think it would make sense in this game to go to more screens, for example. Could you use their aggressiveness against them? Maybe. Maybe you could. If they're going to play more man coverage and you're going to get linebackers against Aaron Jones, maybe that's something that you can get to a little bit more and to line him up out there and and to say, go run your routes. Go run that slugger route that, that, by the way, they ran two weeks later against Washington or three weeks later, whatever it was. Aaron Jones can be a bigger part of the passing game. It wasn't against Seattle because of game flow, because they felt like they could get to Devontae Adams. It is something I think we could see more of in this 49ers game. I also think we'll see more just running. And something Zach Cruz pointed out in uh, on Twitter and then in a write-up for Packers Wire was the Packers' use of Tyler Irvin. You saw he was part. They had a plan for him against Seattle. He was part of specials for that team. And he was on the field more with another running back than the Packers' running backs were on the field together. So we didn't see much of Jones with Jamal. What we saw was Jamal Williams on the field with Irvin or Irvin on the field with Jones. And that makes the 49ers have to declare certain things about how they're going to play those guys. So if they're going to play zone, how are you going to react? If they're going to play man, can you use the, the Tyler Irvin jet motion? Can you use those little end arounds? Just putting those things on tape has now made the 49ers have to game plan for one more thing. It's also important that Alan Lazard is back because that's one more weapon for them. This is the point. One more weapon for, for the 49ers to have to game plan for. He got open a couple times against Richard Sherman. Are they willing to throw against Sherman and what kind of routes? They like, Rodgers likes to attack Sherman deep, which is not necessarily, you know, maybe the best place, but it's where Rodgers feels comfortable doing it to try and get him to loosen up a little bit. And if you can get him to loosen up, can you hit some of those underneath routes? Can you get him on a slant? Can you get him on a sluggo? I think the fast start is is as paramount for Green Bay as it is for any team. They can do it. They're a great first quarter team. They got off to the opposite of a good start against the 49ers the first time. And just getting behind any team is bad, but getting behind this 49ers team where Maybe you become a little more one-dimensional where they could, those pass rushers can tee off on you. That really puts you behind. I think Green Bay, if they can start fast, and that's why I think maybe we, go, we see tempo first, first drive. Come out, show them something different. Show them something new. Or maybe Matt LaFleur's saving that. Come out and, and run some plays you like and see how they respond. And then go to tempo later in the game maybe when you need it. Maybe that is that the ace in the hole that Matt LaFleur feels like he can he can just hang on to for later in the game when when maybe it's something that they have to go to because of game flow or whatever it is. This is part of of this that that I want to get to too with Aaron Jones. And this question comes from Bill in Seattle. Hey Peter, psyched for the win. Mostly just I don't have to hear the locals and their friggin' fireworks all night. One oddity from tonight's game. So this obviously was from last Sunday night. I'm hoping you can explain. What was the deal with Jay Sternberger lining up at fullback so much tonight? We have a fullback who can catch passes. What do you think the idea was? Well, Danny Vitale missed that game uh, and is qu- the only Packer player questionable for the 
championship game. He's dealing with the knee injury, was coming off that sickness as well. So we saw that Jay Sternberger can carry the load. And I, I like I like the idea of him playing in those H-back sort of quasi-fullback sets because of what he can do as a pass catcher. Those fullback wheels that Vitaly was running, fullback seams, running with a tight end. Run it with a guy who's actually a receiver, and maybe Rodgers will throw it to him. That that fullback seam is, a, is an old Kyle Shanahan play. And the fullback wheel, those are things that, that Shanahan has done. It was something they did in Atlanta with Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. And it is, it is a, a wrinkle that I think could be a part of the game plan that is effective for the Packers because of what it does with matchups. Okay, you have these linebackers who can run. They're not as big. Or they're aggressive, and so if you go play action, maybe you can get them to react to that. Green Bay being able to stay balanced. They fell behind early against the 49ers in Week 12. Being able to stay balanced and run the ball. It is, it is very clearly where the 49ers are not as good defensively is against the run. They bottled up Dalvin Cook. The Vikings couldn't get their play action game on track, so they had to find ways in their drop back game. Well, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And the Packers are going to have to be able to do it. They're going to have to find a little bit of success everywhere. You can't let the 49ers take you out of everything that that you want to try and do, obviously. It's not sparkling analysis. You have to have a little success in the run game, a little success in the play action game, and a little success in the drop back game. That is the difference. I don't think the screen is going to work because of how fast the linebackers are. They got him on a jet sweep with Alan Lazard. Do they come back to that? Do they come back to that with Tyler Irvin? That is something that I think is is certainly worth watching and I think would be exciting because he was a player that wasn't in the game the last time. They don't know Tyler Irvin, but they know that they have to game plan for him. And so the more things you have to game plan for as a defense, you know, Richard Sherman after the game said, well, you know, we we focused on stopping Aaron Jones because we didn't think the passing game could beat us. Well, you saw last week, the passing game can beat you. And maybe they don't feel very scared of Aaron Rodgers, but he looked great on Sunday, and that is something that they're going to have to account for if he can execute. Because this was one of his worst games of the year. It wasn't just the pressure. I know the pressure has been a, a part of the conversation around this game. Aaron Rodgers got pressured at 35% of his dropbacks against the 49ers, a little bit more than 30% against the Seahawks. And he wasn't great against pressure. He wasn't. And in either game, it's the plays where he's clean and has an opportunity to make a throw. He didn't consistently do it against the 49ers. He did against the Seahawks. So if he can consistently make throws, the throws that he does make, can the receivers make those plays? Can they be in a position to come down with them? Then that's where the execution comes in. I had There was a question on the stream earlier about, what is the root cause of that execution? I think, first of all, Rodgers talked this week and, and today, in fact, in his press conference about poise, about playing with poise. They didn't play with poise the first time. Drops, mental mistakes, off-target throws, uh, missed assignments, penalties. That's a lack of poise. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why you've heard Rodgers talk about and Devontae talk about the pressure being on the 49ers all the pressures on the 49ers I think Green Bay went in to that 49er game in week 12 thinking we have something to prove to the league we want to prove the doubters wrong etc now they feel like house money 
everyone thought we were trash and we're in the NFC Championship game. So let's just go out there and, and let it fly. The Mike Budenholzer approach. Just let it fly. Just go out and play loose. Play free because the expectation is the 49ers are going to win. So how do you execute? Okay, well, you just have to you have to play with more focus. You have to play with more poise. But you also, you have to have a good plan. And Green Bay feels good about this plan. You, you always feel good about the plan. But Rodgers said they had a good week of practice. They're focused. No one needs to be reminded how big a game this is. And that's a, that's a good thing with a young team. A lot of these guys are have not been in this position before. But as I mentioned on Twitter, this is Devontae Adams' third NFC Championship game. He was a rookie in 2014. They've been to, this is their third NFC Championship game. No other starting receiver in the conference has played in two, much less three. And that goes for Aaron Rodgers too. I know there's a lot of discussions about the wasting of Aaron Rodgers' prime, but over the last five years, no one has been to more conference championship games than Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, this is another opportunity for him to write his own story. And they have guys who can help. They have Aaron Jones, they have Devontae Adams, and they have a great offensive line, plus the defense. I mean, the defense, we, we saw in the piece that Ryan Wood wrote for the Journal Sentinel, they had a players-only meeting after this 49ers game. Matt LaFleur said at his press conference today he didn't even know that. And that was part of the culture that Matt LaFleur set out when he got to this team. He said, I want this to be a player-run team. And that's what it is. That the head coach wouldn't even know that there was a players-only meeting because they handled their business. They just took care of it. They just took care of it. The leadership on this team said, we need to fix this. And they did. The communication has been so much better. Has been so much better. They haven't allowed the big play. I mentioned this on the show yesterday. Two touchdowns in that 49ers game of 40-plus. They have allowed one touchdown. Since then, in six games of 20-plus, one, one, think of the difference. You have a healthy secondary. You have safeties playing at a high level. You have your cornerbacks playing with confidence. I know that that Russell Wilson got after them a little bit, but so much of it was on second reaction plays where they're being asked to hold up longer than two and a half, three seconds, where Russ is escaping the pocket to create a better angle to get a throw off, or where he's just making Herculean efforts to get these throws in. I mean, I was sitting in the press box watching that first shot play to to Tyler Lockett. Not really a shot play, but it was a deep cross and Blake Martinez gets beat. And from my vantage point, Lockett looked pretty open. When I went back and watched it from the backside, from where Russell can see it, there's no hole there. There's no opening. He, He put it through a crack in the window and was able to make that play. Can Jimmy Garoppolo consistently make those kinds of throws? I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. And, and that's, that's where I am with this team. I, I think they can, they can give the 49ers a lot of problems with their front. I think they're going to play much better offensively. And this game was closer in the last meeting than, than the final score indicates. And I think these teams are closer than not only the, the, the Vegas spread, but the narrative around this team indicates. And if you want to use that information to your advantage then DraftKings. DraftKings can help. Draft your one lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every throw, every catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. You draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, 
and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Right now, for a limited time, both new and existing users, this is big, new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your new deposit. New users, be sure to enter the promo code locked on during sign up and you'll get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code locked on, and you'll get that deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies. So when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. I have said that I think the 49ers win. I've taken some heat for that. The 49ers are the better team, they're the deeper team, and I right now I have more faith in Kyle Shanahan than I do in Matt LaFleur, but that is no shot at Matt LaFleur at all. I just think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Basically, everyone in our stream is picking the pack in a close game. Uh, I understand that, and I, w- I would not be surprised if the Packers won. Here's what I'll say to about the Las Vegas numbers. I think it's more likely that the Packers beat the 49ers than the Titans beat the Chiefs, and I I think it's a not insignificant difference. This is a game where it's not going to surprise me if the Packers come out and the offense has some stuff, if Aaron Rodgers plays well. well, None of that will surprise me. There is, uh, to a certain degree, a uh, a 2016 Packers-Cowboys vibe about this game for me. And I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I picked the the Cowboys in that game too, and as I pointed out on this show, I think it it is um, I'm three and zero, or the Packers are three and zero when I pick against them. I think the Packers can win. I think the Packers can win, and I think I think it's closer than I think it's closer than everyone pretty much is saying. I think it's a field goal game either way. I, I said earlier in the week I think it's like twenty six twenty. I think it's twenty four twenty seven, one direction or another. My my head says it's 49ers and my heart says it's the Packers. So if 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 that's cowardly, if that's hedging, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I said that about the Seahawks game. I was right about that. And, and the Packers played better than everyone predicted against the Seahawks. This is something I mentioned on Twitter and, and, and it boggles my mind because everyone said the Seahawks weren't very good. Everyone said the Seahawks were not a good team when after the Packers beat them, except before they played, the Seahawks were the better team, according to all those same people, and that they were picking the Packers to lose because the Seahawks were just better. And now, oh, the Seahawks weren't a very good team. The same team that were a yard away from beating the 49ers twice, not a good team. And the win for the 49ers against the Vikings, that was nearly identical in score at home to what the Packers did on the road to Minnesota was a was a great win, an impressive win, a dominating win 
for the 49ers. Funny how that works. So we're going to credit the 49ers for doing a thing the Packers have done twice this year. And we're not going to talk about how the Seahawks were one yard away from being 2-0 against the 49ers. I know the transitive property does not exist in the NFL. And I know that head-to-head matchups are not everything. But this is crazy to me that this is the perception of these two teams. These t- and, and Week 12 covers a lot of it. I think Week 12 is a big factor in all of this. The Packers are much closer to the 49ers than, than people would believe. I don't know how many times I have to say that, but at least one more. I think the Packers' defense plays much better than it did. I think they're playing at, at a high level right now. There will be no excuses for intensity level. You look at when they needed it in the second half, they shut down. They shut down the Lions. And I know that's not that impressive, but zero passing yards in the second half. And in the first half against Seattle, they came out and whipped the Seahawks, whipped them. And then they got a big lead and the Seahawks started to come back. Green Bay, one of the reasons why they've let some teams come back in, I think is, is human nature. They, they get a lead and they, they let their foot off the gas a little bit. This is a game where they're going to need their gas the whole game. This is going to be all gas, no break. This is that kind of game. And if the Packers can do it, they can win. That's it. They can win. And again, I don't I don't think they will, but I think they can. I don't I don't have a motivational speech this week because I, they don't need it. If if they need it, they should lose. They don't they do not need the motivational speech this week. Go win. There's my motivation. Go win because there's nothing nothing else matters. Just go win and think of think of what is different if they win. Think of what is different. The the narrative around Aaron Rodgers. Three NFC Championship games since 2014. To get a win and go to the Super Bowl again. To get that opportunity. A rematch with the Chiefs in the 100th year of the NFL. The 100th year of the NFL, we get a Super Bowl I rematch. Think of how awesome that would be. It would be great. And it would take a Packers win to do it. So hopefully when we come back here, when we can reconvene on Monday, that's what we'll be talking about. And either way, Monday is going to start a new series for us, Mock Draft Monday, in partnership with the Draft Network. They do great work over there. We're going to have some of their people on our show to talk about the draft and everything. Uh, Obviously, we'll talk about the game. Don't worry about that. It'll be, at least on this Monday, it'll be in the third block of the show. At the end, we'll talk a little bit and look forward to the draft. Because if the Packers win, it's the extra week. It's the extra week before the Super Bowl, so it's not like there's a ton to talk about. And then we can get into the matchup. Of course, we'll do that anyway, but just remember that. And then every Monday in the offseason until the draft, we will have Mock Draft Mondays and talk about what's going on at the Draft Network, what's going on with the Packers and their draft needs. So get excited for that as well. No matter what, we're going to have fun stuff to talk about for the next few weeks. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. It's NFC Championship time with your Packers NFC finalists. And that should be as good a reason as any to stay Locked on Packers. Packers.